Well, Happy New Year to you. So, you ready? Who wants it? You got to wait. I'm going to deliver it. It's good to see all of you. Happy New Year. Hope you're excited about starting a new year, about what God's going to do in our fellowship. I'm very excited. I'm sporting a brand new Christmas gift. Nice vest. You know, you got to roll it out when the year begins, right? Show you're grateful. Yeah, everybody's showing their stuff today, the new stuff. But I hope you had a great holiday. Uh, we almost went to the North Pole for Christmas. Or more or less, the North Pole came down to us in the form of a blizzard. We went to visit my in-laws, Laura's family in, uh, in New England, and uh, experienced a, a, a full-fledged blizzard. Uh, it was fun. It was cold. Very cold. And I'm glad to be in Southern California. You may complain about the rain and, you know, and how cold it gets here, but let me tell you, you do not know what you're missing. Okay? So, but it's great to be back. And I wish all of you, uh, if you're visiting here with us, I wish you a very happy new year. I hope you're excited about starting a new year and what God's going to do in your life this year. And uh, we're very excited. We're uh, part of the uh, L.A. International Church of Christ here. We're a region uh, here in the East San Gabriel Valley. And we have two main focuses in our region. Growing faith and building family. And that's what we're about. It's very simple. Uh, We want to grow our faith in 2011 and 2012 and 2013. Uh, And we want to build family. We believe that in this area uh, there is a desperate need for principles and foundations on how to build a great family. And you know what? The Word of God has the answers. Spending time with my in-laws and my family made me more convinced than ever where there's separation and divorce and people doing all kinds of wild stuff based on what they believe is best for their lives. And they're making a mess. And it's sad. You know, and all I did was try to share a few answers here and there. But more than anything, what I want to do is show the answers through my faith and through my my life. And that's our greatest responsibility as disciples. And for us that are members, that are followers of Christ, I want to encourage you this year as you see the title of our lesson. Do what? Go long. Do not go a short route a curl route, a post, go long. Okay, go deep. And we're going to see today how God really has a great plan for our lives about going deep, going long in life. Uh, you know, when I was a, a young man, every fall till about this time, and it is the, 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 the high point of bowl season and, and playoffs, and, you know, it's, it's all about how you finish. And uh, But, you know... When you see the games, you've you got to think about life. What's my mentality as it, comes, as it pertains to life? And when I was growing up as a young man, uh, we'd have these, these, these schoolyard or these uh, neighborhood football games. We grew up just a few blocks away from uh, the swamp. It's called uh, uh, Ben Hill Griffith Stadium. Uh, at that time, it held about 70,000. That was more than half of the population of the city when a game would go on. And so it was big for us. We would have these little games, and you know we'd all huddle up, all the, all the boys, and we'd have our huddle for the plan. And, and so whoever's playing quarterback, I got to play quarterback sometimes. And, 
And so, okay, you, you're going to go a little short out pattern, and then you go cross him, and then always there will be always one guy, go long. And we all wanted to be at some point either the quarterback or the guy who went long, right? Because you want to make the big play. And when you're watching football, what do you want to see? You want to see him just kind of little short moves down the field. You know, sometimes that's okay, but what do we want to see? What do we really want to see? You want to see the long ball, right? You know, and God is not different than us in that regard. He wants to give us an opportunity to go for the long ball in our lives. And we're going to see some, some, some examples of that in Scripture. Jesus has calls us up. He calls us higher. He calls us up and out. Let's look at this passage. He always looked for opportunities. And before we read here in Luke chapter 9, let's go to God in prayer. Pray with me if you would. God, we are grateful for a new year. We're very grateful for the opportunity to be your children. And thank you that we get a new start to our year. And we pray that this year can be an even greater year. That we can see even greater things in our fellowship. We want to grow our faith, God. We want to build our families. Help us to do that. We know we can't do it in our own strength. Knowing everything's not enough, God. We need you. And we pray that your spirit will come down and, and you will be with us. Fill me with your spirit. And, and I pray that your word will fall on fertile ground. Bless our lesson today and bless our service. Thank you that we get to meet freely and openly in your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 9, in verse 12 we read, And Jesus always looked for opportunities to raise the bar of faith for his disciples. Look, late in the afternoon the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go down to the surrounding villages and countrysides and find food and lodging. Because we are, we are here and in a remote place. He replied, Jesus replied, You give them something to eat. Now, Jesus was talking to a group of people that was not small. Anybody know in the context of how many people were here? Five. Close guess. But it's five. 5,000 men. If you include women and children, what are we talking about? That's a lot of people. And they were in a remote place and the disciples were worried. They say, hey, Jesus, we're, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. You've got to send the people away because they could faint. They could die along the way. So send them away so they can go and get some provisions. What did Jesus tell his disciples? Now, that's kind of a hard thing to ask, isn't it? And they looked around in their pockets and they came up with, you know, a few loaves of bread and two fish. Is that enough food? I mean, that's the best that the disciples could do. And the best that they could come up with was seven loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Is that going to feed some eight, nine, ten thousand people? No way. And they got that. They understood that. They were challenged by Jesus' question. You give them something to eat. What do you feel this year about your life? What is God challenging you to do this year in your life. Are you ready to go long in life? Or are you just kind of going to pedal through this year like any other year? See, God is waiting. Jesus was waiting 
And He created that challenge to do what? To stretch their faith. To stretch them out. And Jesus always looked for opportunities. We're going to see a, a parable. Jesus told a parable later on. But let's look at an example. 7-3 to three, Miami. Packers take over. Deep in their own territory. Playfield. Well sold. Rodgers. Kyle's up the deep ball. And separation. Craig Jennings. Jennings has got the step. And Jennings will take it all the way. Touchdown Packers. It's a post route. No help in the middle of the field. Jeremiah Bell hesitates right there, number 37. Oh. What a great move to the outside. And then to the post, the ball right on the fingertips. It's a foot race from here, and it's a longest touchdown reception in Jennings' career. Longest touchdown route of his career, 80 yards. Are you ready to go the longest route in your career? You know, if you don't think about it, you don't aim for it, and your faith, guess what? It won't happen. The defender's going to be on you. He's going to knock the ball down. And you're going to go on, man, guess God doesn't want to use my life. No, He does. He wants you to go long. And Jesus looked for the opportunity to teach His disciples. In fact, we're going to look at a passage that talks about that. Jesus talked in parables. And the parables always teach somebody's God... Somebody's us. Okay? It's always the parable. Either it's God or one or the other. But both are included. And Jesus told this parable, a terrible of talents. And he talked about three men who were given talents, or in another version, it says bags of gold. To one man he gave five bags of gold. To another man he gave two to another he gave one, each in accordance with their ability. And we're going to read the response of the first guy. Let's listen to what he said. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. You see, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Why do you think Jesus told this parable? Because this is what God expects. This is how it works. This is the relationship. I want you to be ambitious with your life. You've been given certain skills and abilities and gifts that nobody else has. And I want you to make the most of those. It requires some initiative on our part. But as you, you know, remember the miracle that Jesus did, we get a lot of help. The disciples got a lot of help. Seven loaves of bread and two fish, and they ended up feeding the 5,000 men and some, and had food left over. Where did that food come from? You know, you may think it's hard to accomplish, but we have somebody who's there to help us do great things. And this is a great example. There's a third servant. You know what he did with his bag of gold? He buried it. He buried it in the field. And the example shows the master, he is not fired up about that servant. Because he didn't do anything with the opportunity that he was given. You know, we're starting a new year and, and we want to make the most of the opportunity. 
And I believe God wants you to go long. To stretch it out. Don't we love the, the, the catches when somebody's going long? Let me show you an example here. We're going to go back to that. Look at this catch right here. That's a Penn State player. Sorry to say they lost yesterday. Tragic loss. But look at this catch. He's fully stretched out, one-handed grab. Any question whether he's given his best? Any question whether he's going all out to get that ball? Nope. He's laying it out. We love to see that. Don't you love to see that? The wide receiver, you know, remember Lynn Swan, how he used to do it? Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, he'd lay it out. Jerry Rice, for some of you 49er fans, just love to see it. Long, stretched out, and bring it in for a TD. You know, in life, we got to think about that. We got to think about, you know, our our spirit. You know, last year we began this time. I think it was first or second Sunday. We talked about big prayers. One of the keys to having a great year is big prayers. And this year we want to start off with the same theme. Even bigger prayers. Let's watch some big prayers of last year and how God worked. And there's so many. We're watching a few this week, and then we're going to watch some more next week. But let's, let's get a testimony of these big prayers answered. Hello, my name is Michael Payan. I'm from the Marrieds. And... I've been cured of cancer, thanks to God. That was my big prayer. Hi, my name is Lisa Wong Owens, and my big prayer for this year was to have both my daughters come home. Not only did my youngest come home to stay with me, uh, but my eldest came home also. She was in a very unhealthy relationship, and she came home and made me a wonderful uh, grandbaby. So I'm also a grandmother, so praise the Lord. And if God loves us the way we love our children, um, just pray always and believe in Him, and, you know, they do come true. So thank you. Hi, my name is Linda Tomlin, and uh, our granddaughter got baptized last year, and we've been praying for our grandson to be baptized, and he got baptized thanks to God this year. Hi, I'm Lashana Jones from the Singles Ministry. Um, this year I was out of work for a long time, and I prayed for God to find a full-time job with benefits close by my house, and I got a job at the end of January. And last month, uh, my boyfriend, now my fiancé, had a close to me and asked me to be his wife. Hi, I'm Amy Acuna, and I'm from the incredible... Uh, professional singles ministry and my big prayer for 2010 was to start a women's uh, purity group and uh, God totally blessed um, blessed us with a with a group campus and, and single women that uh, has been totally faith building thank you hi I'm Mike Finn and this is my beautiful wife Maria my big my big plan or my big prayer sorry uh, and plan was to have my wife baptized, be baptized this year. And she fulfilled that, uh, that prayer a few months ago. And it just, 
makes our whole marriage whole now. We're like one now. And um, it was just a wonderful thing. Hi, my name is Danette Fryer. I'm with the Awesome Marriage Ministry. My husband Richard can't be here today, but we both had a big prayer this year, and that was for our friends Robert and Sheila, for their children to get baptized, and both um, Jeremiah and Jacob were baptized this year, which was an awesome answer to a big prayer. Another big prayer we had was to study the Bible with a couple and have them get baptized, and um, this last Tuesday, Ruth and David Seren were baptized in our house and married in our house, which was an unexpected surprise and a great answer to a big prayer. And the last big prayer was just to be able to grow in our relationship, in our marriage, to um, strengthen our trust, and just to really um, have a marriage that other people can look up to. And I really feel like we've grown in our marriage the last year. It's been a real blessing from God. In the beginning of the year, when Elias was first born, the doctors been really amazing. Uh, at this point, there are no signs of any negative. Just anything that could have gone wrong has gone completely right. At this point, uh, he's either at average or way above it. So God has done so much for our lives. We're extremely grateful. email and this is my daughter Sammy and about a year and a half ago she came back from preteen camp wanting to study Um, my big prayer for 2010 was to become a disciple, and on October 31st, 2010, I was baptized in the name of Jesus. Pretty amazing things that happened last year, and that's just, that's just a little bit. If you remember when we asked, how many of you have seen, Josh asked it, how many of you have seen your big prayers answered? And more than half of us raised our hands. And I, I can be included in that video. I prayed last year for our faith to grow in the East region, and guess what? God did more than I expected uh, with that big prayer. I ask you, are you ready for another year of big prayers? And for those of you where God answered, are you going to make your prayers even bigger? A big prayer is something that is bigger than you, something that you can't do without God intervening and doing something about it. Pray bigger. I want to encourage you to pray bigger this year. And one of the challenges, one of the reasons why sometimes we don't go long in life is because we get distracted. Jesus addressed this very issue in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And then in verse 33, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't get cut off caught up in the minutiae of life. What's the minutiae of life? 
What am I going to do? You know, and, and the worries, the everyday. And as we talked about last year in the, in the big prayer series, you know, and it maybe for some of you, it would be good to go back and hear that lesson again in the archive so you can go back it again. Too often we pray for little things. We pray for, you know, find the keys, find the wallet, find the cell phone. You know, I lost this, I lost that. You know, that stuff usually, it gets piled up with all that other stuff which you pray about that usually works its way out anyway. We're talking about praying things that will not have any possibility of happening unless God intervenes. We're talking about monumental changes in our character, in our families, in our lives, in the lives of people around us. We're talking about healings. We're talking about things that are significant. Where you just marvel and you go, go God. God wants to hear these kinds of prayers. But one of the challenges that we have in life is we don't go long because we're so focused on the little stuff. And we don't get the big picture, the big game. We look at the defense and we say, these guys are too big. How can I, how can we win? You know, and you see these small schools like Texas Christian University. Yesterday they won the Rose Bowl against big old Wisconsin. Huge line, huge defense. What did they do? He beat them down. See, God wants to show His glory in our lives. It's not about size. It's about who you're with. And who's on your side. So I want to encourage you, start today with your family. Begin writing a list of your big prayers. And don't just write things down. Think about it. God, what do you want to do this year? What do I want to see you do this year? Write it down and watch God work. One, one thing you want to be careful with, though, I've had people come up to me and say, well, God didn't answer my prayer, my big prayers. You know, when we pray big prayers, Jesus told this parable in verse 1 of chapter 18. Then Jesus told this, His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and what? And not, and not give up. Don't give up praying. Well, it didn't happen this past year, so does that mean it's done? It's over? Your faith is lost? There's no hope. You know, many of the significant changes that have happened in the history, in our lives. Remember the, the, uh, the East Berlin Wall? How significant. Divided a city. Families were caught on both sides of that wall. For many years they were divided. People were shot trying to get across. To be with their families. And then one, one day Ronald Reagan got up, going over there to... Uh, Berlin and called out Gorbachev and said, tear this wall down. And then the wall came down. Many people think that it was Ronald Reagan's words. It wasn't. What you don't understand is that missionaries in East Berlin for many years cried out to God year after year after year, bring this wall down. That was their specific big prayer. Change the political environment in this country so we can be together again. It's prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is significant. Even in the first century church, it's what moved the church. It's what moved God. And look what it says in verse 7 and 8 of chapter 18. And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you that He will see they get justice and quickly. However, 
when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus was asking that question of the people that were standing there. Maybe still asking the question from heaven today among us. Will I find faith? Will I find faith in my church? Will I find people who believe and say, yes, yes, Lord, I believe in your power to save? Everybody that had their big prayer answered last year, I'm sure there's no question in their heart. Oh, yeah, they believe. But if things don't happen the way we want, are we still going to believe? That's tested faith. That's proven faith. That's faith that's unwavering. That's faith that's going to go the distance. That's somebody who's ready to go long. You know, ever seen a wide receiver, he goes long, but then he sees the quarterback going a different direction, stops running. Sees the play, the play break up and then stops running. Now, you got these other wide receivers. They see the play coming undone in the backfield and, and the, the quarterback is scrambling. They keep running. They keep trying to get open. And then out of nowhere, as he's falling down, the quarterback throws it. And he's there and he's ready to catch it. Big plays. Because the receiver doesn't give up. Are you going to keep on praying big this year? Huge question. And we're going to go around again in our small groups asking the question. And if you're here visiting, I want, to, I want to put it to the test for you. Start now praying something big for God. Okay? Not like to win the lottery or anything like that. I mean, you could pray that. But you know what? If you ask for things like that, a lot of times God's not going to give it because you know what your life's going to turn into if you win a million dollars or four million or however many? Your life's going to turn into a wreck. So God knows better. He loves you more than that. He don't want to ruin your life. He wants to bless your life. And that's why many of us haven't won the lottery yet. Does it ruin us? We think, oh no, all my problems will be solved. No, they won't. You will have a whole host of problems. It may ruin your family and your faith. Prayer was big in the first century church. Look at this verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. This was the 120 faithful disciples that met together after Jesus rose from the dead. They all joined together how often? Constantly in prayer. Along with the women and Mary, and the mother of Jesus, and with who? His brothers. They joined together constantly in prayer. It was one of the main power sources of how the apostles moved the gospel. You know, there's a tremendous need in this area of East San Gabriel Valley in our cities. Tremendous need in families. Do you think we can answer those needs? Not without God's help. We absolutely need God's power and God's intervention. And we need to pray so that God can work. It was a pattern, it was a habit of the disciples in the first century. And then the last point we have today is go long in life. Go long in life. And now we're not, not just talking about big prayers here. We're talking about what are your goals and your ambitions in your life for God this year? What do you want to accomplish for Him? And what we see in Scripture is Jesus called the disciples to go long. When He told them to go out and spread the gospel, how far did He tell them to go? Matthew chapter 28. What did He tell them? Go into all nations. Do you realize that we're in a country that they didn't even know existed back then? And the gospel reached here to the United States of America? They didn't even know this area existed. They just thought their world was, was, was East and Western Europe, the Roman world. They thought that was the world. 
Jesus said, pray for even a place you don't even realize how big our prayers and, and our work can go here in the East San Gabriel Valley. You have no idea how big this is. But if you'll do this one thing, if you'll just pray and go along in life, God can do amazing things in your life. Look at this verse in Acts chapter 13. I know some of you can say, well, you know, I'm not Jerry Rice or I'm not Lynn Swan. I'm, I'm more of a water boy type of guy. You know, I'm more like a trainer's assistant. You know, I go out there when the guy's hurt and I'll fix his leg. But I'm really not that big play kind of guy. I've heard that before. And it's not about who you are. It's about who you're with. Let's look at this verse, chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now let's say you want to go to a Lakers game this week. And you want to go sit in the VIP of all VIP suites. Right? And you're going to try it. You go to the entrance there, the private entrance for all the VIP people that go into the suites. You know, they don't go in like everybody else. They have a private entrance. And they have an elevator. Take, now, let's just say you go there and you try to get in. They're going to let you in? Not a chance. Sorry. Your entrance is around there, and if you have a ticket, then you can go in. But if you don't have a ticket, you're not going in. But let's ask you this. Let's say you go in with Jerry Buss. Right? You go in with him. You're going to sit in the best, biggest suite right this way. Come on in. You're going to get the other VIP. No, no, no. You guys, wait a second. He's got to come first. Come on in. You, you with Jerry? Yeah, come right in. Come on in. And you go into the big suite. As soon as you sit down there in those leather seats that sink in, you're overlooking the, the court there, and they're gonna, there's going to be a, a, a waiter or a waitress going to come and say, what would you like? Some steak? Some sushi? What, they'll get you whatever you want. They don't have a menu in that suite. They have whatever you want. In and out, we'll get you in and out. Okay, you want some carne asada? They'll get you some carne asada. That's how it is when you're in. It's not about who you are. It's about who you're with. These guys were having a tremendous impact. They were turning the city of Jerusalem upside down because of who they were with. And you are the same. It's not about you. Too often we focus on ourselves and we don't focus on who we serve, who we follow, who we believe in. And we need to grow in our confidence because we're disciples of Jesus and that we spend time with Jesus, and therefore we're filled with the Spirit, and we're filled with confidence. And God works. God does amazing things. That's what we want to see happen in our region and in this area that we live in. We want to see God, and it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Look at this catch here. One-handed again. That's Ocho Cinco. He talks a lot. He talks a big game. 
You know, and I put his picture up here because we don't want to be talkers. We want to be doers. We want to live the life. And the biggest area where you're going to live the life is in your family and in your personal walk with God. Very important to focus on the little things that get you to project a great life and a great example. It's not like the world, you know, wearing your archive vest and, you know, trying to project yourself, being well-spoken. It's about doing the little things that build your character that build who you are. That's what God's looking for. That prayer life. That Bible study. That honesty. That righteousness. That saying no to temptation when no one's looking. Those are the things that really God looks at. And that shine out. Not the ocho cincos. We don't need the ocho cincos. To walk around and too much talk. A little less talk. A lot more action is what God is looking for. Look at what this, this carried over into the second generation. The Apostle Paul raised up disciples, and one of them was Timothy, one of his disciples. Look what Paul says to his disciple Timothy in verse 14. He says, Don't neglect your gift, which was given to you through the, pro- the, the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You know, we don't live, as many of you think, we don't live in a vacuum. Your life is not in a vacuum. People are watching you. And particularly if your life stands out and you do something amazing for God and you take a stand against the current, against what everybody else is doing, people will notice. They may not like it initially, but when the time comes, they're coming to you for help. I got a phone call last month from an old friend because he had crashed and burned in his family and his life. That's tragic. But he remembered. He remembered who I was and who I am and what I stand for. And we began studying the Bible. He is not in any way, shape, or form out of the woods yet. But I'm saying people notice. And it may take them some time for their lives to crash and burn for them to figure it out. But they're going to call you and they're going to ask you for help. You are not living in a vacuum. You are not some insignificant person, somebody in the sidelines who doesn't matter what you do or what you do. Everybody's life counts when they're a follower of God. And if there's one thing I want you to grab today, it's that. Even if you're visiting here with us, God wants to use your life. Go long in life. Have big plans. What are your plans for this year? What are your goals for this year? You know, and I know the world, they throw that around. You know, but the the reality is in the world, only 12% of people's goals are fulfilled at the end of the year. That's out there. In here, it's a little different. You know why? Because we cheat. We get God's help. You see, we don't, we're not perfect. We, got, we drop the ball a lot, you know. One of the amazing things about the superstar receivers is they, they most often not, they catch the ball. They rarely drop the ball. You and I, we've got some drops going sometimes, Right? We drop the ball, we fall, we sin, we we make mistakes. 
We fall down. We hurt people. This is where God comes in and says, you know what, I'm going to give you another chance. And another, and another, and another. That's the blessing of Christianity. It's not about perfection. It's about staying in the game and you keep trying. You keep going long. Well, he didn't throw the ball to me this time. 2010, I didn't get the ball at all. I don't know if I believe that, but you may feel that. Keep going long. Keep praying. Keep doing the right things. And God will work in your life. And that's the opportunity that you have. Timothy, in this passage, he had a gift. What was Paul's encouragement to him? Go long. Go long with your gift. Don't neglect it. Don't hide it. There are as many of you here today that have incredible gifts. What are you going to do with those gifts this year? Are you going to hide them? Are you going to get out there? And we've got some great plans, and there are people in our fellowship that have stepped up to put together some workshops, some life workshops. We'll be talking about that next week to help us as a church. But they're using their gift set, things that they've learned over the years to help others. I want to call you this year to go long in life. You know, whatever, if you're doing a a job or a career right now that you're not super excited about, I want to encourage you to begin praying and to begin dreaming about doing something that you love to do. But be ambitious. Go after it. And go long. And God will work. You know, I got this uh, email not too long ago about, it's for coaches, life coaches. And somebody shared it with me and talks about the magic of thinking big. And these are what people use. They have what they call life coaches. And they pay a lot of money for a life coach. Hundreds of dollars per session to talk on the phone with somebody. And this is the kind of training they give to life coaches. As long as you're going to go about your day thinking anyway, you may as well think big. Anyone can think small. And most people do. In fact, most people keep themselves in the same place in life doing exactly the same thing without significant growth or change because of limited or conditional thinking. So what's a life coach do for you? It's probably true that many of your current and future clients are living in that place right now. Who better support them than you? The coach who is thinking big. Do you need a life coach to tell you to think big? You've got a God in heaven that is constantly persuading you, encouraging you, inspiring you. Go long! Think big! I'm a big God. I want to do big things in your life. Why won't you ask me? Why won't you pray to me on a consistent basis? Why won't you come to me like they did in the Old Testament, pleading day after day, never giving up? Think big. Pray big. Go long. That's what God wants us to do in 2011. And they quoted here Walt Disney, if you can dream it, You can do it. That was his theme and his his focus in life. Thinking big equals going big. Thinking small means staying small. You decide. You can choose. You get to choose your thoughts. Try giving big thought and energy to the direction you practice. And you will become a great coach for your clients. Be outrageous. Let your imagination fly. This does not mean 
thinking unrealistic, pile-in-the-sky stuff, like being suddenly uh, being able to perform superhuman feats. It means allowing yourself to stretch and believe in the beauty of your dreams. Propose, propose they experience a complimentary coach session with you, then have them pose the next step. When done correctly and confidently, you will have you will have an ability to close the sale. This is all life coaching stuff. I thought it would be interesting for you to hear because there's people out there that would be willing to take your money to tell you the same thing. When you've got a God who's been convincing you and trying to convince you, stop thinking and praying small. Let's go big this year. Let's go long. Who wants it? Who's ready? We're not done yet. So let's bring this all together. Some practical points. I want to encourage you as families, as we did last year, to pray together. Pray together as a family, as a household. And specifically, you need something to pray about on a worldwide level. We want to ask God this year to open the country of Cuba up. We want to shake the world? Let's do it as a region. We want to pray for God to open Cuba this year. Are you on with that? Can you help me with that? Can you help us with that? Right now it's one of the few communist countries that will not permit freely the preaching, the teaching, the sharing of the gospel of Christ. And it's right in our hemisphere. It's right here. You know, we need to pray for God to bring down the walls. You know, it's running wild in Cuba right now. Not communism. Prostitution. I have family members that went to visit recently. And they put another name on it. They don't call them prostitutes. They call them uh, waitresses. Or some variants of that. It doesn't quite translate. But it's so sad what's happening to a country that has so much potential. But the gospel can change everything there. I want to ask you to pray for a financial breakthrough in 2011. On many levels. As a region, but for our, our members, for a financial breakthrough. And we're going to be focusing on that in April and in May as we go through Crown Financial this year. And we want to pray specifically for even greater faith as a region this year. If God gave us great faith last year, we want to see even greater faith this year. I want to ask you to pray for that. And what do I mean by that? How can you tell if our faith is growing? If our faith is growing? It means that more people are taking an active role in walking in their faith. They're living their faith. A sister came up to us in our small group and she said, this, this Christmas I'm going to go help out with uh, mentoring and feeding uh, of some kids over there at the, at the uh, Leroy Haynes Center. They had someone over to the house and fed them a Christmas dinner and gifts. And another brother came up to me and says, I want to mentor one of these young people. That's, that's faith growing. And there have been so many people this year, this past year, that have stepped up to the plate and their faith is active. Even our teens starting the TBTs in, in, you know, in, in different high schools. That means a, 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 a Bible talk going on on the campus for teens to hear the gospel. That's growing faith. And then the last thing is many families transformed in the East San Gabriel Valley. 
You know, we saw some amazing things happen in our families. And because of what's happening in our families, people's families outside of the church were being reached. That's what we want to see as families. And if you don't have your family yet, if you're single or if you're a college student, if you're a teenager, you know, you, you work on your relationships. There's a family outside of what we would call a marriage and children. you got your households. you got your small groups. Some of the closest families, fam, family friends that I have are my friends. And you can build that family. Amen? So who wants to go long? You ready? Go long. Nice catch. Save Joe right there. (laughs) Let's open our Bibles to close out here in Romans chapter 6 as we celebrate the communion together. You know, as I talked about before, as disciples, we can often drop the ball. You know, a game line, game on the line situation, third down and long. You need to score. You need to move the ball. How does that wide receiver feel on that play, hits him right in the chest, right in the numbers. Mm. And he drops it. Saw a few of those these past couple of days. Man, I don't want to be that player. Right? Whole team is looking at you. Dude, you had it in your hands. Quarterback, I put it right there. You can't get a better pass. And you dropped it. Know that feeling? Yes, we all know that feeling. When we sin. When we fall. You know, there are people that instead of turning to God and accepting His forgiveness, they'll run away. I want to encourage you. If anything's happened in this past Christmas season or or anything happened last year that you've not yet gotten open about, don't run away. Don't run and hide. Because the Gospel is about forgiveness. Look at what it says here in Romans chapter 6. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You know what's great about starting a new year? You get to begin a new life. You know why we celebrate the communion every week? To remember the price that Jesus paid so that this week you can start a new life. What a blessing. What a gift that after a game on the line play, You drop the ball. You hurt people. You hurt a situation. You think it's all lost. And you get back up and say, go again. Go out for another long pass. Because I believe in you. And I died so that you could have another chance, another shot. That's what we celebrate right now. The body and blood of Jesus so that you can run another route. So that you can start this year fresh and clean, brand new, like the day you were baptized. And that also needs to motivate us so that we will stop sinning.
We will stop doing things that hurt God and that will make a change. Grace is a motivator. Jesus' blood is a motivator so we can be better and different. Amen? Let's pray for the communion.